All right, we're here with the slam live on YouTube and of course available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. My name is Ango. I'm joined by my new permanent co-host, part of the Ango family, part of the Ango brand, King Cola. You're finally here on the channel and making your debut. This is bigger than any debut AEW or WWE has ever had. This is the most must-see wrestling talk show, unfiltered, uncensored, and now you're in the big leagues. How do you feel, my friend? I feel great. I feel absolutely incredible. Uh, I am very well rested. I took a long nap last night, so yeah, I feel good. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that, because I don't want to be like a review show. I don't want to be talking about wrestling reviews like crazy, but at the same time, too, I know a lot of fans who don't know who you are. They don't know what you look for in wrestling. They don't know anything about you and your taste, so give me a breakdown, some quick thoughts. All Out was last night. You went nippy-nappy. What happened, bro? So I like, I like storylines, right? I feel like we all like to be intrigued and emotionally invested in the show. But uh, there was a lot of things that I took away from last night. It was like, okay, they fed us all this for what? Because it, it led absolutely nowhere. Uh, this show, in my opinion, it was a, being generous. It was a 4 out of 10. I, I was not. I mean, I went to All Out last year. That was a yeah. 10 out of 10 show. Blood and Guts was a 10 out of 10 show. You know, and Blood and Guts wasn't too long ago. So, for example, like the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy storyline, how Luchasaurus turned on him at uh, Blood and Guts. And became friends with him again and then turned last night, which is, I don't know, I found that very stupid. But yeah, that was a very, very bad show. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I'm with you and it, it sucks because I really don't like being negative about AEW. But I told you at Blood and Guts, dude, like we were sitting there, we had great seats. Um, and I told you, I was like, bro, I just, I don't feel connected to AEW anymore. It's like kind of sad because if anybody knows how much I loved AEW, like in this world, it's you. Because we go on these wrestling trips, we go, we go to these shows. We go to WWE and like I've been telling you for a minute, I'm like, bro, like it, there's just something that is disconnecting me from the product. And it's sad, right? Because we go back and we watched AEW from the beginning. We go to these shows. You start to realize like, oh, sweet. Like we got an alternative. Now we really like we're, we're kind of noticing like a lot of small things that AEW used to make like used to do. And it made the product so much better. It's like these days they they like went away from that. I don't know. I'm disconnected, bro. We went to Blood and Guts. I had a badass time despite the fact I was not excited. And, and I remember telling you, I was like, man, like, if they could keep doing stuff like this, like we got to go to All Out. We got to go to Full Gear. We got to go to these pay-per-views. I'm watching All Out last night, bro. I, I don't know. Disappointment. And it, and it sucks because like, I want to see them do good more than anything. But like, I guess we're just at a weird time in wrestling. Like This year has been chaotic too. Like There's just been so much craziness that happened this year. And the more and more that I realize it, it's like, is AEW good because they provide shock value or are they good because of their storytelling? In the past, I felt like they relied on storytelling, right? These days, it's almost like, oh, well, here's a surprise. And then like, yeah. there's no follow through or whatever. But every, every week there's a new surprise and they just can't capitalize on it. Yeah. Uh, we got the surprise last week on Dynamite where Moxley squashed Punk. Punk beat him last night. And it was kind of just like, yippee. And then we got MJF returning. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that, that feud now with MJF and Punk kind of died after, after a while because that, that MJF thing happened a few months ago. Happened a couple months ago. Yeah. So now where do we pick up from that? Like that, I, I just have a sour taste in my mouth because that match from last week where, where Mox won and unified, I think that was just stupid. That didn't need to happen just for Punk to win the titles uh, in Chicago. Yeah. I don't know. They should have just 
waited till Chicago. It's like they're playing hot potato, dude. Yeah. I mean, you think like, I know you said that it's been like a crazy year in wrestling and then with uh, Triple H taking over WWE and Vince McMahon resigning, like we'd think, oh, you know, is this company going to survive? Like that's a huge jump. That's a complete change in management. And that is something that actually improved once it changed. AEW is kind of just like they they have the shock value, like you said, and yeah. it's just, they have so much bad blood inside deep inside the company where it's like what are they doing right now yeah well it's crazy too because last night after the media scrums um obviously cm punk just went crazy now yeah dude i was doing my live show right and uh like i'm live on the channel and everybody's like yo ango you're missing this like this is crazy and i'm like what i already know cm punk is turning heel we know like there, there's reports of it like they got plans people are like no this is like this dude's going off on the evps blah blah i start tuning in and I'm like, the first thing I think immediately when it happens is like, it's a work because there's reports of them planning a CM Punk heel turn. You're not going to do it in the crowd in front of Chicago. Um, and then we see that and it's like, I know you like to be work, dude, but like, there's just something about AEW where like, if they're working people, right, all of this unnecessary drama backstage bullshit, whatever's happening, like, I, I feel like in a way it's kind of killing the company. And it's like, it's kind of sad because why would you work your entire audience and then make your company look bad at the same time? I don't know. And, and it's, it's just weird because we should be talking about MJF's return, which I thought creatively was one of the coolest things that Tony Khan did, right? Like the, the voicemail and the, just kind of the way they went about it. Like yeah, that voicemail, that, that was sick. That was small sick. little detail, that was pretty good. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know. Like, for every time AEW does something so fucking cool, it's like, shit. Like, you go, like, I don't know. Like, again, I'm disconnected. It's like, you're not telling enough stories or you're not consistent with your storytelling. And I told you this year, bro, I told everybody in the group chat, I'm like, I'm not doing all out this year. Like, and it's yeah. my job. Like, you guys know, like, I can't come to pay-per-view parties anymore because... I got to do my live streams and do my coverage and whatever, but at least like when we go to a wrestling trip, we go out, have drinks, good food, like all of that. And this year I was like, I'm not interested. And, it, and it's, it's like weird, bro, because I feel like every year, you know, and obviously COVID kind of screwed a lot of things up too for that year, but we all booked for double or nothing last, uh, in 2020 that got canceled due to COVID. Then we went to all out in 2021 by far the greatest pay-per-view that AEW ever had until they had Revolution because Revolution this past year was freaking insane. And then it's like, dude, this company has just so much good stuff. And then here we are. Like, Back to square one. Yeah. And, and dude, like, I get it. They're a relatively new company, but I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff I hate. And it's, it's kind of weird because a lot of, we don't actually talk about this, but we should talk about this. When we were in Blood and Guts, we were talking about uh, Tony Khan because he kept coming out through the tunnel. He's just like marking out and shit. And like, dude, you look at me and you're like, I fucking love this guy. And I'm like, yeah, because he's one of us. You know, yeah, he's a fan. He's a he's a huge fan. Like he's taking fanboy pictures with his wrestlers. Like that that's so cool. Did you see that video of uh, Tony Khan chugging the water bottle? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, like the the internet loves to make fun of Tony Khan. That shit was hilarious. I'm not even going to lie. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes he just does this shit on purpose. Like, I think because he's so smart and he's a wrestling fan and he knows that wrestling fans just, like, I don't know, bro. People love talking about Tony Khan doing awkward shit. And he's an awkward wrestling. person. 
yeah, wrestling fans just love dumb shit, and he knows he knows how to get at us. Like, for example, the whole acclaimed thing. Oh yeah, that that shit, the scissor me daddy ass, is the funniest thing in the world. Fuck it up, dude. Okay. <laughs> scissor me, daddy. Next time, next time. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah, that was that, that's it's like so dumb. Like, how could something like that get over? Then the whole crowd just hijacks the show. Yeah. They hijack the match with the chance, and they're going crazy for uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, and you know, daddy ass. It's so it's so dumb, but it's it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, this is how I feel. That's how I feel about uh, Danhausen too. Yeah, it's so stupid, but it works. Dude, I remember. Uh, maybe it was blood and guts. I can't remember. It, I just remember telling you, I was like, I fucking hate Orange Cassidy. I hate Danhausen. I hate these guys. Then it's like a week later, you're like, no man, like these guys are having fun. Like, yeah. Stop being a fucking stupid idiot, dude. Like, just enjoy it. Like, yeah, maybe it's not the most logical sense of like wrestling storytelling, but it's okay to laugh sometimes. And uh, I, I, you're right, dude. The, the scissor, me, dude. That that's so crazy how that got over. Cause yeah. And maybe that's like one of AEW's biggest mistakes is like not realizing when to pull the trigger. Cause these guys obviously have been over for a while. Max Caster always like. I think John Cena said something about it too, but like Max Caster's just dropping freestyle raps about the most insane shit. It doesn't matter if it's Biden, Trump. Uh, yeah, it doesn't all matter. All trending topics. Yeah, whatever's trending for the day, he's like, all right, here's a couple bars. And it's not like, I don't know, man. Like, it's it, it just kind of weird because they should have won that match and the crowd let them know. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, Tony Khan, you're such a fan of like wrestling. Like, yeah, their their next match where if they decide to verse uh, the same teams, go against each other again, like Swerve in My Glory or whatever the hell they're called, I I don't think that second match would be as good. They should have won the titles last night. Yeah, I agree. I agree, dude. Uh, have you been watching WWE lately too, or no? Oh yeah. So like, what's your thoughts on that? Because obviously Triple H took over, fucking absolutely went crazy. Like I don't so, know. It's weird. So for one thing, Clash of the Castle, yeah. banger. 10 out of 10 pay-per-view. Yeah. 10 out of 10. You're going like to get so much hate. Famous. You are yeah? going to get so much hate. Oh my God, I'll be shocked if you don't. Yeah, for sure. Just Gunther and Sheamus alone could have main evented the, the pay-per-view. Classic. Yeah. Classic. And then we had uh, Drew McIntyre returning with the Broken, uh, broken Dreams. Yeah. That was sick. Beautiful. Yeah. And then NXT with... Uh, it was a few hours before All Out. They won. They won the Sunday Night War. Isn't that crazy? It. Yeah. I I'll be honest. Like that was one thing, and and I I love NXT, and people often disagree with me because they're like, oh, it's so this, it's so that, it's whatever. But it's like, dude, everything is kind of logical for the most part. Sometimes they got some silly shit, but so does AEW, so does WWE, Raw, SmackDown, whatever. Fucking Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet. I knew they were gonna be good. I didn't think they would have been that good. I've seen Ricochet in the Indies countless times. Amazing performer. This guy, if he had that creative freedom that he was supposed to have when he first joined the WWE, phenomenal. He would have been over by now. But like people are starting to finally realize like these guys these guys are pretty damn good, man. You just gotta give them like he, I, I think I don't know what Triple H has in mind, what's what's in store for the for the company as of now. Yeah. But like just give them if you want to control what they say in their promos, just Give them two minutes at least to say what they want and be like, all right, we'll make sure you add this 
and this and that's it. Like, and then after that, do whatever you want. Even their matches, let them script the hell they want, man. It's tough because with like AEW, you know, they've kind of they kind of let people go out there, and it's kind of like a bullet point system, I think. So it's like, hey, you got to get this over. This is what you got to talk about, but go ahead and do your thing. And then yeah. it's like, sure enough, we have all this drama. Hangman Page, CM Punk. You got A Steel going on TV, dropping the fucking f bomb, and like, you know, it's like. Uh, you kind of want to have control. Like I get both sides of the coin, right? Like you kind of want to have control of what they're saying. So they're not being stupid, but also at the same time too, it does feel very real and organic. And that was something that I noticed like once triple H came in, not everybody, but like there's a select few of people who were like, all right, they can kind of just go out there and cut a dope ass promo. Dude. Uh, did you see Kevin Owens and drew McIntyre when they, when they went face to face on raw? Yeah. It was like the first time they said wrestling and like Drew Mac, let's yeah. wrestle. Like, and, and wrestling fans pop for this stuff because we've known for so long Vince McMahon just hates that shit. But then, like, yeah, it's, it feels like more real. It feels like just that small detail alone makes it feel like there's change. Yeah. So we're, we're, in, we're in store for, for something crazy to happen soon. But like, we were talking about how with the bullet points and then them being able to do whatever they want. I think CM Punk is that guy that actually needs that filter to where they need to control exactly what he's saying. As opposed to a guy like MJF, I think you should let him say whatever the hell he wants. That promo he cut on Dynamite where he just went off on on Tony Khan and the rest of the company, that was beautiful. I got worked. I legitimately thought he was going to the WWE. That was beautiful, in my opinion. I was freaking the hell out. I was jumping out of my seat. Yeah. And then you got a guy like CM Punk when he drops his pipe bombs. It's kind of like this guy's a dick, dude. Yeah. Like this, this isn't funny. It's not cool. Like yeah. it's just the guy's a good uh, performer. Yeah. But he's got a horrible personality. He's always gonna have that like disgruntled employer employee vibe. Like I think that's always gonna follow him. You've got a lot of people who who mention it in the wrestling world. It's like, yeah, this guy. It's just the way he is. And, I mean, I never really cared for CM Punk, you know? Like, yeah. I really his, didn't. His career was kind of, like, in the WWE, he had a few weird little stints. But, like, once the pipe bomb yeah. and the summer of Punk and everything, that that was really, really cool. And yeah. then the Mania match with Taker, that was really cool. Up until 2014, where he, where he walked out. It was, like, right after the Royal Rumble, I think. Yeah. That was three years. That's not a lot of time. And then once this guy, he played it smart this time around because he won the title and at the post-media scrum, he decided to go off. So he's smart. Don't get me wrong. He's intelligent as hell, but yeah. he, he made sure he got that title and then he could say whatever the hell he wants. He, we went on into the whole company. All Dude. the producers, everybody. Bad now luck the for Bucks the company. Kenny, yeah, now the Bucks and Kenny are threatening to leave. Yeah. So who leaves now? Does, does Kenny leave? Or does Punk leave? Because they're going to have a match at some point. Does Kenny win the title and Punk leaves? Or does Punk keep the title and Kenny leaves? So from what I, it's bound to happen. From what I heard, it was like uh, part of it is work, part of it is shoot. Like the, the rumors of like actual issues between people, hangman, stuff like that, it's pretty legit. But there's certain things where AEW's and, and Tony Khan specifically, right? And he wants that shock factor. He wants to blur the lines. He's like, well... Let's run with this and we'll see what we can do, which makes sense because the EVPs obviously should be in the know with what's going on. I always go back to like two years ago, though, when there was rumors of the EVPs not seeing eye to eye and people are like, oh, that's not real. That's not real. Sure enough, what happens in 2022? We get Cody Rhodes and WWE. 
So what's real and what's fake? I think all of it is a little bit real. And then obviously they're professionals. They're trying to put out a good product. They put in the mix, but the the problem is whether it's a work or not, I think everybody in this situation looks bad. I think hangman looks bad. I think Kenny and the bucks look bad. I think Tony Khan, Tony Khan is probably it's like this for me was the moment where I really realized like Tony Khan is either losing control of his company or he is working everybody to the point where he's making himself look like he's losing control of the company and he's really not. But nonetheless, the public perception is this guy's lost control of his company. You know, I think Tony looks at it as like he sees all these pipe bombs and these shoots. He's like, oh, my God, this is some good shit without realizing what's really going on. Like with the, with this shoot that he did uh, with what Punk did last night, pocket watching Colt Cabana, like that shit's dumb, man. Yeah. Like, and for a guy who says this feud ended 10 years ago and you guys are still asking me about it and he's like, I just want it to be dropped already. Yeah. And he keeps elaborating on what happened. Yeah. It's, it's like, are you really over it, dude? Like yeah. you say you are? Because you're going into depth and in all these details about what, what happened and what really happened and two sides of the story and all this and that. Yeah. Are you really over it like you say you are? This guy's just going out there to bury everybody. And, and I just think it's, it's so stupid. Bro, he said some shit about, like, uh, he's working with idiots. And he's like, yeah, he, point, he points at Tony, Tony Khan. Khan yeah. And Tony Khan is just kind of sitting there taking his ass beat. And it's like, okay, bro, like, I know CM Punk is a draw, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I personally enjoyed AEW pre Adam Cole, pre CM Punk, pre Brian Danielson pre-Andrade, like, AEW was sick at a time when they were, like, when they were actually focused on their own shit, and then it's like, as time went on, it's like, okay, cool, you keep signing these WWE guys, okay, show us why Vince McMahon dropped the ball, oh, sure enough, you're not doing anything with those guys either, so what's, like, what's the issue? And that's where I kind of get a little bit more annoyed with AEW, because it's like, dude, like, there was a time period where I really loved it, and I loved when Tony Khan would get hype. I, yeah, I loved yeah. it, dude. I, I would tell you guys all the time. I'm like, I love the fact this guy is literally a mark, and and he yeah. puts over his product. He puts over his people. He never puts himself on TV. I genuinely love that. But then it's like all of a sudden lately he's tweeting, and it, I don't know. It's just he's taking too many shots at the other companies. Like, dude, just focus on the task at hand. Put your show over without digging it at the other promotions because literally you're going to lose control while you're focused on other things. It's just going to sweep right under the rug. Well, you cover you cover MMA primarily too. It's like yeah. you don't see Dana White doing that shit. Like it's very no. rare where Dana White goes and talks about his competition. You know, when I make when I make my videos on MMA and it's like Dana White related, it's literally just about like the money issue. Yeah, you'll never hear him say, "Oh, well, fuck Bellator, um, One FC, and PFL." Like he'll literally just say, "Let them do what they gotta do." Even with boxing, MMA and boxing are two different sports, essentially. Yeah. He'll, uh, I think, Eddie Hearn, it was Eddie Hearn, he had done something in, um, I forgot what country it was, but he's like, yeah, uh, I, I gave him some pretty good, what I thought was pretty good advice, and, you know, whatever he needed, I was going to help him out, and they're two different sports, you know? What is, uh, kind of jumping back to, like, the social media thing, because Tony Khan, um, I mean, we saw a difference. I don't know if you saw like the Triple H press conference, but the way Triple H did his press conference for Clash at the Castle, he he didn't do a lot of talking. He kind of put over everybody. He put over the reporters, the media, the 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 country, and everything. Obviously, a different appeal for Triple H as a businessman. You know, there there was a different appeal from him being a businessman and Tony Khan being a businessman. If Tony Khan is trying to sell, 
TV or whatever it is by his press conference, I think he kind of did the opposite. I think a lot more people like kind of turned away from that. So it kind of leads me to the question, because I'm actually curious, because you never tweet about wrestling, like especially out of all the guys in our group, like you're the one who I never see like yeah. ever tweet about it. Is there a reason for it? Like what, what's your thought it's on like social media wrestling? Just, even when we, when we go to the shows, I never, I hardly ever take pictures and videos yeah. because I just like to be in the moment so much. And it's like, I, I feel like I'll miss small details. I don't know. I just kind of like to let it happen. I don't really care too much. And I don't tweet as much about it or talk about it on social media because I'm not really that interested in it right now, man. Like, I haven't been... CM Punk and John Moxley, that's supposed to be a hell of a match. Yeah. If that dumbass squash match didn't happen. That's supposed to be, you know, the two biggest guys in any promotion ever. And then, like, I haven't been interested in CM Punk since when uh, he faced MJF. And he came out in his ROH attire. That was Revolution, dude. Yeah. Since the Revolution, I haven't been tuned into CM Punk. I haven't been tuned into Daniel Bryan since since he debuted All Out last year. No, actually, I'm going to correct you. Well, maybe you didn't care for it. But Kenny and Bryan was sick. Sick. No storyline attached to it, but it was a dream yeah. matchup. And you know, like I think it's like Eric Bischoff or Jim Cornette or like one of those guys are like, oh, Tony Khan just books for like universe mode, fourteen year old kids. Like, you know, I don't know. It's and that's why it kind of gets annoying, right? Because you could see the potential, and it, and even with Vince McMahon, dude, like Vince McMahon had all the potential. He could have just easily went to Triple H and been like, hey man, like what do you think? But these fucking guys are so hard headed or stubborn or they're stuck in their ways, like. I don't know. It's it's like I guess it's not a big deal to go ask for help. You know, it's not like Vince McMahon never had a great wrestling show. It's not like Tony Khan never had a good wrestling show. They've they've done great shows in the past. And then it was like as time goes on, both of these guys. And actually, I'll tell you, I think WWE was so bad. I think WWE got so bad with Vince McMahon that people were ignoring the mistakes that AEW was making, just because the energy, the crowd, the presentation, it, it felt big time. And I think deep down inside, because I've been covering it for a while, there was a lot of holes in AEW. And the fact that Vince McMahon was so bad, it made AEW look good. And then I think when you see Triple H take over, it's like, nah, this guy knows what he's doing. Because Flash at the Castle was a WWE main roster pay-per-view, but it's what, five or six matches. The pace is incredible. Everybody gets to wrestle. Seven matches total. Dude, it felt like an NXT takeover, but for a main roster inside of a stadium, 60,000 plus people. Yeah, you know what I liked about that? I think it was 65,000. Yeah. And they didn't exaggerate the number. It was spot on. Really? Yeah. So, so I think that's lie. the new thing. Yeah, I think that's the new thing, which is so damn cool. They're not going to lie about the They're numbers. They're not going to lie about the numbers. Damn it. This is a fucking amazing promotion because we're not going <laughs> to lie about our, you know. Dude, didn't AEW, like, crack a joke on WWE? I feel like they did that one time, like, during commentary. They're like, oh, we have a legitimate sellout crowd of, like, 14,000, and that's the actual number or some shit. I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like Nuke sent it Probably. to me a long time ago, but... um, so they, love, ha- they love to trade, or not even trade. It's, it's just kind of just one side of the AEW. They love to throw barbs at them. They do. Like, remember when Triple H, uh, he met up with Ariel Hawani? Yeah. And he did the interview, yeah. and then seconds later, Chris Jericho came out with something on, on a, someone's podcast, and he was just completely trashing on it. Yeah, it's like so stupid, man. That's that's where. Um, I mean, I, I I feel like you should take shots when it's applicable, right? Like if Vince McMahon were was out here taking shots at Tony Khan, 
like every single day on Twitter. Like I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause your product is kind of ass. Like, yeah, we yeah. got Cody. We got some cool things here and there, but like for the most part, you're doing rematches, DQs all the time. Like your shit's really not that good. You know, like if triple H wanted to right now, talk shit on Twitter, he could. Cause right now he's got the best product. Mostly yeah. that's what people are saying. Um, Tony Khan and AEW, Chris Jericho. It's like, dude, the minute that somebody ever gives you guys attention, it's like your first thing to do is trade shots at them. And then, if, even if they're not saying anything about you, it's like a slow news day. So let's just talk about them. Let's, I don't know. That, that That's always been a turnoff for me because I feel like you're not at your A game. Chris Jericho, I love him. I think he's amazing. But then it's like, you're taking shots at WWE NXT and I don't know, bro. I, I felt like there was matches and this is, this is crazy. I know people will disagree, but I feel like, and maybe you might disagree, but I feel like Clash at the Castle and NXT TakeOver or sorry, NXT Worlds Collide and they don't have TakeOver anymore. But like, I was watching that pay-per-view and it's like Carmelo and Ricochet was a sick match. Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate didn't expect that. That match for me, I was like, ah, fucking, this is stupid. Like, I don't really care about this. And we got the match and it was a freaking amazing match. Mako Satomura, Mandy Rose, and Blair Davenport. Nobody in their right mind would have expected Mandy Rose to go in there and have a great match with those two. Pure wrestlers, you know? And it's like, all of these people delivered such a great thing and the crowd loved it and social media loved it. Why are we watching All Out? Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. It, it should have been... I personally like the fact that Jericho was wrestling technical against yeah. Brian, but like the fact is... that he's the best wrestler in the world and he's the best sports entertainer in the world and he's like the last student, I believe, under uh, Stu Hart. So you know how his... Uh, his legacy, you know, with the technical wrestling and stuff, and yeah. he beat what was supposed to be Dana Bryan is one of the next, not even the next, but one of the best technical wrestlers in the world behind, like, Dean Malenko and these guys. And I, I, I didn't even like that match. No, the crowd didn't either. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. You know, it's, and it's like, sad. That's sad, though, because you got to think, too, the crowd, and... and I said about All Out, like, I didn't like the booking decisions, but I feel like most of the matches, like, inside were actually good. But I think once the Acclaim lost, that, that sucked the air out of that crowd. They don't How do it. you follow up with that match? Was it the woman's interim yeah. title that came on after? Yeah, and they were trying so hard, bro. I felt bad. It was like they How were sitting How do you here, follow like, up with that Acclaim match? I, the false finishes. The, even the false finishes with, uh, with a dark order. Oh my god. That was sick. That match that match and the acclaim match were uh and the casino, the battle royal or the uh the ladder, ladder match. match. Yeah. I can't ask for anything else. And I used to shit on WWE all the time for filler matches. Yeah. Last night's all out was a lot, a lot of filler. Um, Those matches could have easily made event to dynamite or rampage. Fifteen what was it, fifteen, sixteen matches? Yeah. They got to cut that shit out, dude. I'm sorry. That's not... That doesn't... It's like night one into a WrestleMania, man. Fuck that, too. I don't want two night WrestleManias. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bro, I want to go to LA next year. If the boys want to go, if we all get the group chat together and we go, I'm down. I want to be in LA. I've never been there. Me neither. Um, I, I would love to go, but the whole two night thing, man, it was a Saturday and Sunday, and then yeah. Raw the next day, and then you got NXT Tuesday, or if they decide to do a takeover on one of the other... On the weekend... They'll do it like last which, year. Which you can't because the mania is that night on Saturday. They did it. So when are you going to do it? They did, they did it, it in the, the morning day. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the Hall of Fame? 
Is um, it like right after or right before SmackDown or something? It was like right after. Yeah. That was garbage. See, that's what I'm saying though. Two nights of WrestleMania sucks. 15 matches at All Out sucks. It's too much. I don't know. Like it's... Hey, listen, if I'm going to go on vacation, yeah. I'm not doing it wrapped around, wrapped around wrestling. I told you guys that before. That, that's over for me. We used to do it like that. But yeah. I'm, I'm done with that because it's not... Dude, I went to Orlando for Mania 33. And I went to two indie shows in one day. I saw both Progress and Evolve. Sick. I think it was on like a Thursday. And then Friday I had um, Hall of Fame. Saturday it was NXT. Sunday Mania. Monday Raw. Tuesday SmackDown. It's like I, I didn't have a day where I could just relax. Because we'd be out partying after the shows. And what do you know? You're coming home at how, how late in the morning? Four or five in the morning. You're staying up all night. And you got to wake up. Probably sleep in if you didn't get any rest. You know, you're going to bed that late. You're probably going to sleep in. Oh, let's get ready. We got to go to another show. <laughs> I, I wish. That's where I kind of wish. Um, like if there's one thing I would have done differently with NOLA. Because when we went to New Orleans, you didn't come with us. Um, but we went to. Where do we go? We went to Evolve Progress. Maybe GCW. I can't remember. But we went to a whole bunch of shows. Hall of Fame. NXT TakeOver. Like we did all of these different things. Then Raw and SmackDown. We, and dude, we were spontaneous as hell because we had already bought tickets. And we got there and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm on a trip. Like, you guys want to sell our tickets and buy front row? We couldn't sell our tickets, but we bought front row anyways for Raw and SmackDown. We were there for the cash in and like all these different things. Like, it was a badass trip. Don't get me wrong. Um, I feel like I remember more of the wrestling stuff than when we were out on Bourbon Street having a good yeah. time. Fans that wrestling was like one night. Yeah. It, yeah, the fans wrestling in the middle of the bars or on the streets or yeah. there was like a mud pile outside of a Camping World Stadium in Orlando and people were just having like matches in the mud with masks on. It was it's so funny, but Yeah. And all, you like you forget about that because you're at you're at Mania or one of the shows for twenty nine hours. Yeah. That's and that's why I think like wrestling shows like you just want the right amount of wrestling. Like TakeOver, like Worlds Collide was kind of cool because it was, uh, what, three hours maybe? But it was yeah. like five or six matches. The pace was good. Everybody was able to wrestle. They didn't do too much to like make it feel like a chore to watch it. But you got to keep in mind, people were watching NXT. Then you jump into All Out. You got three, four matches on the pre-show, which, by the way, Kingston and uh, Ishii was... Yeah, absolutely sick. I think a lot of people should be talking about that. Unfortunately, they're not. But um, again, it just doesn't feel important because it's on the pre-show. But like, uh, even if there's like good that comes out of a long pay-per-view, right? Like if you're watching all out, even if you're a fan of all these matches, nothing feels important because there's 15 of them. And then you have all the drama and stuff after. It's like, well, that just pretty much devalued everything. You know what I would have done? The pay-per-view at that point wasn't even the talk of the night. It was what happened after. So everything just went straight out the window. Yeah. It's now we like got to have another. Dude, it's almost like Tony Khan knew like the pay-per-view just didn't hit right this year. So, hey, let's get everybody excited and get them talking. Yo, punk, start talking about Colt Cabana. And then like, fuck you and fuck you. And like, I, dude, it was kind of crazy, right? Like he went off and nobody's yeah. talking about the pay-per-view. People, people are forgetting about all those chops that Ishii took. And it's like. Yeah, you're going to forget that because there's 15 matches and CM Punk just went crazy. And now people are trying to figure it out. 
Then you forget about the 79 uh, Walls of Jericho attempts in, the, in Jericho versus Brian Danielson. <laughs> what, what, what was your most disappointing match? Was it that one? Yeah. Really? So there's matches where, you know, they don't go the way you, you would think it's going to go. You, your favorite guy doesn't win. Yeah. But it's still a good match. Like, for example, House of Black. I didn't like that match. Um, I, okay, I liked it up until the finish. Yeah. I don't think, especially with what Malachi Black is going through, how he's unhappy in his personal and his professional life, yeah. which I think his professional life is playing the role into his personal life. Yeah. And he just wants to leave, which I think that it's kind of confirmed now because at the end of that show, he uh, at the end of that match, he like bowed to the crowd and, and, and kissed his hand and waved goodbye or whatever. Yeah. I just think the guy's done because he's got... You know, I hope he gets through whatever he's going through, but yeah. uh, especially when it, when the company knows that this guy is going through some stuff, and for him to take that pinfall and to get uh, that mist sprayed by Sting, yeah, could have easily been Buddy Matthews or uh, Brody King that could have taken that fall. And it's not like Sting needed to go over either. Yeah, I, I hate I hate speculating on stuff when it comes, especially when it comes to mental health. You know, um, I feel like that's just way bigger than wrestling in general. Yeah. It's just like, I agree. It's like, it, to me, like, I, I, I just felt disconnected. Again, I felt disconnected. Like, I, I kind of scratched my head. It, it was the same thing with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. It was the same thing with Jungle Boy and Christian. Like, I'm just kind of scratching my head because th those matches at least had a story going into the pay-per-view. Yeah, and then they were, what, five minutes long? Yeah. They, nothing, like, nothing went over the limit up until... The trails match in was the... It? The trails yeah, the with, with, with Kenny and the Bucks, I think yeah. that one went over. Yeah, I think it went, it went like twenty four minutes or something. But yeah, everything else up until that point was like pretty garbage. That uh, that casino ladder match that was that was beautiful, and then I saw Stokely, that midget, and you didn't like his, it. No, I think that in his gang, nah, I his hate gang you. of killers. I hate you. No, I hate I hate AEW. No, no I don't no. hate AEW. No, <laughs> I hate you. I disagree because well, actually, I, I hate bad storytelling. Well, here's the thing: people are gonna hate this. They're gonna fucking hate this. But I liked Retribution when it debuted in WWE. Yeah, and this gave I me retro. It. it gave me Retribution vibes, dude. It was kind of sick. Yeah. And and there's a history there with Stokely. Well, and I knew this. I knew this was happening. Um, that when Stokely has a faction, that obviously that's the reason why he keeps giving people his business card. The only thing I hate is the group of people that joined him. Like the gun club, like this to me. So here's, okay. This is going to probably this. Let me just get this off. Right. The pinnacle FTR Wardlow, Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, MJF and FTR, right? This new faction that they have Stokely Hathaway replaces Tully Blanchard. Morrissey replaces Wardlow. The gun club replaced FTR. Uh, Ethan page replaces Sean Spears. And then MJF is in his spot. Am I forgetting anybody else? Uh, I can't remember if I forgot anybody else. No, uh, yeah. I don't think so. So basically, my point is, this is just another version of the pinnacle, right? But also, at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. There's history there. MJF brought in Morrissey to the company. MJF is, you know, like him and Stokely have history, whatever. It's cool. But like, what, what's the point? of it like even if they come up with this brilliant storyline like what's the point now 
obviously we'll see within time, but like when I was watching that debut, I was like, okay, cool. Stokely grabs it. It's his new faction. W Morrissey, all these guys are there. That's fine. Whatever. Then we get the MJF thing and he walks out and it was like, like great reveal. Yeah. I loved it. But it's like, well, what about those guys who just came in and kicked everybody's ass? Why not go beat the shit out of CM Punk and then have MJF hold the belt up? And that's the image that you leave the show with. I, I felt like. Ah, I didn't think about that. That sounds good. Yeah. I mean, it would have made sense. It would have made everybody feel important. But now it's like none of this shit feels important to me because what happened to the pinnacle? Look, what happened to Sean Spears? They haven't even explained to us what happened to Sean Spears. He was the only guy that stuck with MJF. He goes off TV when MJF goes off TV. Now, all of a sudden, he's like replacing. He's a nobody. Again, I'm supposed to get excited every time there's a new signing, a new group, a new this, a new that. And then it's like you drop the ball. You don't explain it. You keep moving. I don't know, man. Like, I, I like continuity. They don't give me that. But I did like the debut. I loved it. Especially because who else do you pick in that match to win when you think about it? That ladder match was sick as hell. But who do you pick? Dante Martin? He's going to lose. No. Yeah. Like none of those guys have actually been built up. They've all been buried essentially on TV. They throw they matches. throw Pentagon and made events all the time. That's probably but For not, him to even, lose? not even yeah. Like I don't know. That's that's where I kind of see the disconnect. Um shit. That's like I'm shocked that you didn't like all out. No, that wasn't that wasn't um bad taste especially with what happened after i was kind of like okay i'm good with what i'm good without watching AEW for like another two months yeah or when's the next big when's full gear full gear i think is in like november okay i, I probably won't watch till no uh till november that sucks i don't know what to look forward to if i want to watch if i want to watch a mjf and cm punk promo I'll watch it on YouTube after AEW posts it a yeah. day or a few hours later. Yeah. Um, what's next with Christian and Jungle Boy? Not, I don't care anything about that right yeah. now. That, that just killed it for me. Um, yeah, with the, with the Casino Letter match, it was MJF that won it, so that ties in with Punk. There's Jericho and, uh, Jericho and now Daniel Garcia. They're going to have their little thing. I'm not even excited for that. That's because crazy. When I the, was excited about that. That shit made me happy when they're when like he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a pro wrestler." And it's like, "Okay, yeah. cool." Um, but then it's like, uh, you know what I don't like about AEW? You know WWE for the most part uses pay per views to kind of like end the storyline and then move on. Yeah. For the most part, AEW was like, "All right, here's six weeks of television. We'll get to we'll get to the pay per view." And then some of these things will be definitive finishes. And then the rest of it's like, oh, well, here's the start of prolonging it. I kind of hate that. Because that's what yeah, they do with no, Powerhouse uh, Hobbs. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs and. Um, Starks. Oh, geez. St Ricky Starks. Yeah. Is, th is that it? They dropped the ball on Ricky Starks. They don't know how to pull the trigger. When, when, they're, when they got talent that are ready to, to go to the next level, they don't do it. And When's. When's Dante Martin going to show up on TV again? What are we going to get with Phoenix and Pentagon? What's Eddie Kingston going to do now? Yeah. What's Dana Bryan going to do after he just took that, that lousy finish? That was so bad. You know, he hasn't won a pay-per-view match at all in 2022. A singles pay-per-view match. Yeah, I, I can't think of why I would be excited for the guy. The last time I know I said his debut at All Out was the best part 
That that was the best part. It but like, after that, his match with Moxie were ended in a draw, and William Regal came out. Huh. And that wasn't even about them two, and it was about Regal that he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the last time I felt like, oh my God, DB's wrestling. Or, I call him Dana Bryan, DB, Bryan Danison, same thing. Yeah. So you know what AEW needs to do? They need to bring back Dan Lambert. Wrestling was good. AEW was good with yeah. Dan Lambert. Oh, I loved American Top Team showing up. I Dude. love it. And all the, all the MMA fighters coming up. And then uh, Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society uh, ganging up on Paige Van Zandt. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, what, hap- what happened to her, dude? She's not even on TV. Like, again, another signing, another yeah, person and who debuts. Signed. And yeah. she's fucking A, man. It's so frustrating, bro. Because, again, like, it goes back to what we're saying. Like, they've done so many cool things. And, like, it's not like they don't know what to do. I, I think Tony Khan is one of the best in terms of like being creative. And it goes back to that MJF reveal. WWE is never going to air out some type of shit like that on their fucking pay-per-views. And then you got Tony Khan and he goes, he's like, Hey Slim, I wrote you. but <laughs> No, uh, what did he say though? Like, how did his actual voicemail go? It was like, Hey, like if you want more money, I'll give it to you. But the fans want you at all out. Uh, yeah. Like all this shit. And you know, I'll give you the extension. I'll give you more money. I'll get, I'll give you this much money. Then they um, they blurred it out. They they bleeped yeah, it out. Yeah. it was like something bleep million dollars. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to sign an extension. You can come back. Uh, you don't have to do a contract signing or anything. And this is my final offer. Take it if you want it. And that's it. That was sick. That's why I get so frustrated, bro. I get so frustrated. And then he takes it off. He he turns around, takes it off, and puts on the scarf, and everyone he goes and insane. Nuts. Like, I feel like everybody knew. For sure. But, like, seeing like seeing it actually, they, like, with Cody, for example, in Mania, we all knew. Yeah. Like, when it actually happened, we're like, what? It's finally happening, and it's cool how it's being done. Yeah. Because you know if something's going to happen and it's going to suck, then you're like, well, fuck, that was for no reason. But then if it's, yeah. if it's, like, you're getting what you're expecting, and they pull it off in a unique way, in a cool way, it just kind of like, oh, who cares that I was spoiled? You know, who, who cares if it was predictable? Um, yeah. As long as it's just good, man. Don't give me something predictable where I didn't need to watch. So let me ask you then, because we talk about Ricky Starks, we talk about MJF, we talked about Malachi Black, and like there's obviously a lot of uncertainty. People have debuted, like they haven't done anything. And this is not just AEW, but like wrestling in general. Because um, I feel like one thing, and I, and I can't speak too much on Triple H because it's still too soon. But one thing Vince, Tony Khan, Impact, like all these companies have done, it's like once you have an upper echelon of talent, like, hey, we trust you, you're at the top, like we'll just keep circulating television time with you. Like you're always going to be part of like this major focus. So Chris Jericho, CM Punk, John Moxley, Vince McMahon was very, very high, obviously, on Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, um, you know, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. And then with Impact, it was kind of the same thing with Moose, Eddie Edwards, and a few others. So now with Triple H, it kind of looks like, hey, Dexter Loomis, Karrion Cross. There's quite a few others at this point. Johnny Gargano, uh, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, like Dominic Mysterio. It, it kind of feels like Triple H is trying to insert some like freshness with people getting pushed. With AEW, I don't necessarily feel like that's the case just yet. But if you're looking at wrestling in the next five years, like who is going to be that guy? Like who's going to be like the new thing? You know, like what, what, like what's, who's the future of this business at this point? You know, so you, you mentioned Reigns and, uh, Karrion Cross and Dexter Loomis and these guys. 
I think it's going to alternate. I think Reigns holds it for at least not another year, but into the next year. So like I say, by the spring of next year, Reigns keeps holding the title and he loses it to the carry and cross. And then it's kind of just going to go from there. He's going to have a pretty long run and lose to Kevin Owens or maybe this person or that person. In AEW situation, I feel like they're going to have to alternate it 10 different times between Moxley, uh, Punk, Hangman, Kenny. Like, what? Now, Kenny, that he came back, you're not going to give him the title again? Yeah. Moxley, he's never going to win the title again? You're going to let Punk, who's driving your business through the fucking dirt, keep the title? They have so many main event caliber guys. Ray Phoenix is phenomenal. Is Miro going to be a mid-carder for the rest of his career? That scares me. Yeah. That actually makes me mad. Yeah, and I loved Miro yeah. when he first came in. And then... Wait, you did? When he was a gamer? Yeah, man. He's no. a fucking nerd, just like me. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I hated that. I no, hated I, that. I, I loved COVID-era uh, AEW. Really? Yeah. But Looking like, back, it was good, but at the time, I hated it. Yeah, man, it's just, there's so much, there's so much stuff now, because nobody's going to be happy. Cody wasn't happy, so he left. Oh, and now MJF. You have to give him the title now. You have to. If you don't, that you wasted all that time for what? What about Wardlow? He's going to be a mid-carder? They're building up all these guys at the same time. That nobody can afford a loss. Yeah. What about Daniel? What about Brian Danielson? He's never gonna hold the title, the world title. That's crazy. Because imagine, imagine, right? Imagine you have Brian Danielson hold the belt, and then he, Daniel Garcia. Actually, what if Brian Danielson won the title, turned heel, and put over a babyface Daniel Garcia to win the belt? Yeah, but what about the rest of these guys, the bigger names? Who can pay the big bucks and have a lot more control? Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Where the hell is he? He's hurt. He's had a yeah. But what did he do when he wasn't hurt? It was too confusing. It 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 became way too confusing because at first it was he feuded with Hangman Page. Yeah. Which um, I again I just think when Hangman Page won the belt, it's like he lost all his momentum. Then Adam Cole went for the belt and lost all his momentum. He he won the Owen Hart Classic thing, the the tournament, and then it's like nothing else. And then obviously, yeah, the injury, which I I love Adam Cole. I think he I think he was amazing in NXT. I feel like he should be treated as a way bigger deal than he is in AEW. And then he's always going to take the back seat to the elite. You know, it's always going to yeah, be. Yeah, and then when he returns, he's going to have all the star power when he returns. It's not even the fact that he's a heel because. The fans all love these guys with like I love Adam Cole as a face or heel. I will always root for him. Does it like really when he comes back from an injury, what are you gonna do? Send him to ROH? Fuck that. Don't get me started on ROH, by the way, because that's um That's taking way too damn long. It's way They're too gonna send too Samoa Joe down there. They're gonna send Wardlow down there. They're gonna send uh Jay Lethal back down there. All these guys that are not the Bucks and Kenny and maybe Hangman and Punk, Mox, uh, Danielson. Everybody's going to go to uh, ROH. They're going to send... I know how much you love Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill's going to go to ROH. There's no way. Yeah. There's no or way. Or maybe... No, actually, maybe not her, but what about uh, Athena? How many more bad bookings with Athena are we going to get? 
before Sad. I decide to throw my phone or a sledgehammer through my TV. I, you're gonna, somebody might hate me for this. I hate Athena. You know what's crazy? AEW made me hate Ember Moon. Like, when she was in WWE NXT, and again, this is where, this is where I have a little bit more faith in Triple H, right? A lot of people that were booked in NXT under Triple H absolutely were amazing. Alistair yeah, Black, in NXT, Ember Moon was good in NXT. My goodness, bro. And then main guess, roster. Who, who ruined that on the main roster? <laughs> Vince McMahon. Yeah. Then she goes to AEW and they're like, oh, sick. Like, okay, yeah, they have a little bit too many signings. And yeah, they haven't necessarily executed everything with everybody. But the women's division needs help. She's perfect for this role. Sure enough. Quick match to Jade Cargill. The match was yeah. cut short for what? I understand you're trying to build up Jade Cargill. So why are you doing it at the expense of building up Athena? She's not an enhancement talent. It's like just like Ruby Soho. Ah, that breaks was, her nose, and now she's gonna be out for a while. That that was reckless, dude. That Did was see the horrible. Clip? Yeah, I'm the gonna, way gonna, he just dropped her and like turned away like it was nothing. Yeah, she landed right on her neck, like on the side, like her head was all twisted and shit, like she got hit by a fucking train. Listen, I'm not saying it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional. I don't think Sammy Guevara yeah, but woke Sammy's up. A, Sammy's a scumbag, man. Yeah, but just I, I'm not gonna look again. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to assume that he did it intentionally. But to be that careless, yeah. Maybe he felt like he was in character, and you know, I don't know. Like I'm not trying to sit here and like. But what the fuck is happening in this company to the point where injuries have become an issue? These guys do not have the same schedule as WWE, bro. Yeah. Cole, I'm they, telling I think you right they, now. I think they're a little bit more lenient. They don't they have, have more free time. They they don't have a crazy set of moves that are banned, if any. WWE Vince McMahon was like, dude, you can't do this, this, this. You can't do a punt. You can't do a, uh, you can't do the uh, curb stomp. Like AEW kind of has a little bit more freedom, but it's like I'm watching this shit. Adam Cole's out with injuries. People are getting hurt, and it's a consistent basis. Tony Khan is talking about it all the time. Oh well, now our roster is 100 percent because of the injury bug. Like. You know, Forbidden Door couldn't be a great pay-per-view because, well, CM Punk was hurt or this person was hurt. And, like, I, then maybe we need to, like, control ourselves a little bit more. Because I saw Sammy Guevara do that, and I was just kind of bummed. Like, Isn't it awesome? And I'm, I don't really mean awesome, but isn't it amazing that all the guys that they sign are the ones that are getting injured or are away from TV? Like Samoa Joe is making, like, a movie or a TV show right now. Ruby So, who's just, who's a new signing, is injured. Bro, she's uh, bro. Athena. No, no, no. She don't don't say new signing because she debuted at All Out the same night as Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. They haven't done show with her since. Yeah, I mean it's still a relatively new signing. Bro, it's they've been, been a, on TV. It's been a it's year. It's been a full year, but it's what have they done? They're, they haven't been on TV. When I turn on when I turn on Dynamite next week or on Wednesday, I'm gonna be like, who the hell is this? And it's gonna be fucking. John Moxley. <laughs> it's gonna be so like these guys. They sign them and they they're off they're off of TV for so long that when I see them again, it's like, oh, when the hell did you sign? I for bro, I I, I pointed it out. I was like, Ethan Page was there. For I thought Sean Spears left. I legitimately thought he they he got released, but he's just off. Like he's still there, but he's not there. It's well, the wrestling fans in the comment section will tell you. Oh, well, they got ROH, so they're going to have separate rosters. My boy, Tony Khan spent, what, 4 or $5 million on ROH. He hasn't done anything with it since. He can't do anything with it since because there's still legalities that are like being worked out or whatever. 
So why are we making a big deal out of them buying ROH? Why is an ROH? Why is ROH being featured on Rampage more than AEW wrestlers? Like, fucking. They're gonna once ROH gets launched, like for real. All these guys that were originally there, besides a few of the bigger names like the Bucks, everyone's gonna go back down there. You're gonna tell me we're gonna see um, Jay Lethal on AEW ever again? I can't tell you. It's either ROH or Impact. Uh, who else? Samoa Joe. He's going to end up on ROH. Cesaro, or whatever you want to call him, Claudio. Yeah. He's going to be on ROH. That yeah. was one guy, when he, when he debuted, I was like, oh my God. And then we saw him uh, for his second official match at uh, Blood and Guts, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And then what? Nothing. Hey. And that was a couple months ago. He has the ROH World Championship, though. The ROH Championship belt can kiss my ass. You know what else could kiss my ass? It means nothing. The, the pure inter- title means nothing. The TNT title means nothing. The uh, what is what is that other bullshit title that they have? All Atlantic. Yeah, nothing. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I didn't like the Kip Sabian loss either. The guy's been sitting outside of the. He's been sitting in the crowd for the last 912 years with a box on his head. He <laughs> comes back. Yeah, I counted. I made sure I counted. He comes back, gets his ass whooped, and it's like Perry Saturn in that fucking mop. It's so stupid. <laughs> I didn't even think it's about that. It's so stupid. Sad, dude. What, what is it yeah. going to take to fix wrestling? And not just AEW, but in general. Because even WWE is improving, but like, what's the thing that's just going to make you go like, alright, I'm committed. Fuck, uh, probably. I need another. I need another really, really good work. Really. I need to. I think what it's what's gonna take me to stay committed right now. I need another banger. Uh, Roman Reigns match. I haven't gotten work since him and Lesnar. At, at SummerSlam. I legitimately thought when he flipped that ring over, <laughs> I'm like, it's. Awesome. Great storytelling. Not even that's not even storytelling. That's just like it's <laughs> just bullshit. That's so cool. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. We're finally gonna get the end of the uh Roman Empire. And you know, but like Reigns won. So I'm like, shit, who's gonna be the next guy? I thought it clashed the castle because they were in the UK. It's not necessarily Scotland. Yeah. But they were in Wales. I'm like, all right, then. Uh, McIntyre is gonna dethrone him, and then we'll get McIntyre versus uh, Carry and Cross. Let Reigns take some TV time off, show up every once in a couple months. Reigns doesn't need to be on TV every every week. Yeah, he's at that point where he could he could pull a Rock and Cena and show up every few. Yeah, months. I disagree with you though. You think so? I, I it does well, with more with or without the title. So without the without title, the title without the title, I'm fine. But I think you need to bring yeah. those world championships back because you gotta think too, man. Like. And it's it's really crazy for when AEW presented the world championship and Chris Jericho won it. And then, you know, like all these guys held the belts and Kenny went on this tear. Like it was the first time in a very long time where I was like, yo, wrestling, like championship belts and wrestling mean something again, which is why I get so pissed with AEW and, and Vince McMahon, like at the same time, because it was like, 
for a while it was like damn you won the big prize in AEW you're the you're the man and it's kind of like that in WWE right like when Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan actually won the championship it was like made a big deal at WrestleMania like oh cool like the underdog finally did it it was like that really feel good story then later on it you kind of realize like okay the mid card titles don't mean anything in WWE but then what's really surprising is you got Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes playing hot potato with the TNT championship. Then Scorpio Sky gets the TNT championship. He's lost the belt. He hasn't done a damn thing on TV since. Then Wardlow won the TNT championship. That gets overshadowed. His whole run gets overshadowed because of the MJF situation. Then, yeah. then you have uh you have, you know, Thunder Rosa who wins the women's championship. It doesn't mean anything. The funny thing is, there's only two people in wrestling right now that hold a championship belt that means something. Roman Reigns and Jade Cargill. Whether people like Jade Cargill or not, the one thing that they did right with her is she's 37-0. and 0. She hasn't lost the belt. Nobody's coming close to beat her. Everybody's going to disagree or agree whether, like, as to whether or not she's good or bad. But at least that championship belt means something because she does defend it quite often and they haven't played hot potato. Everything else is fucking hot potato and somebody keeps dropping the shit. It's like... I don't care about your championship belt anymore. So Jade Jade Cargill's title means something, but her matches don't mean anything. Sure. They're all horrible matches. Yeah. She's improved. And I, I, She's I don't improved. think it's her. I don't think yeah. it's her that's the problem. I think it's booking who they're putting her with, to be honest. Yeah. Like her her real test of strength was against Athena. Yeah. And that was short match. Whack. Short match. Yeah. It wasn't anything it wasn't memorable. No. No sense of her being in danger whatsoever. She's 37 and 0. When is she going to drop that title or vacate? She doesn't even have to lose. Just vacate it and move up. Let me ask you something, though. Kind of off topic, but Jade Cargill, when she, uh, when she walks out for her entrance at All Out 2022, you know, she goes through the brick wall or whatever. Just tell me if I'm crazy for thinking this, but I almost felt like there was about to be a Shockmaster moment. Yeah, she like stumbled. Dude, it was kind of crazy. Stumbled a little bit. Yeah. I loved it though. I, I loved it. I dude, I have so much respect for Jade because I feel like the person who is very green, she she has improved. She understands that she's an entertainer, which people will yeah. argue AEW doesn't care about entertainment, but they should because she's gonna draw big money. WWE has their money all over her. Eventually, WWE is gonna make it rain for Jade Cargill, and it's gonna be like Jade Cargill versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but what I do know is like eventually WWE is going to try to get her. Um, I won't ever, I'll, I'll always look at somebody like they're stupid whenever they tell me that AEW is a wrestling company and not a sports entertainment company. Wrestling, sports entertainment, dude. Even WWE, Triple H could say wrestling. You know, they put out that yeah. like one worded tweet, wrestling. But like, people like to tr try to separate the two. They're like, nah. AEW is good wrestling. No, dude, it is sports entertainment because you got all these pipe bombs. That's not wrestling. That's that's drawing. That's not wrestling's not drawing you in. Chris Jericho and Daniel Bryan doing their their little technical matches not drawing you in. It's the fact that after that CM Punk is going back shit crazy. And what about uh the all the theatrics with with the She Hulk? Uh. What about all the theatrics with uh House of Black? That was sick, by the way. Sick entrance, bro. I love that. I love the House of Black. That's what I I'm just saying. like Malachi Black. There, that, dude, do you get where I'm coming from when I criticize AEW? It's like, mm, I want to shake my freaking, I want to throw my head into a brick wall and just be like, why? Because yeah. House, House of Black was sick, and I did not anticipate Aleister Black going into AEW. 
I didn't anticipate him going a little bit darker of a character. I thought he was going to be just more like WWE because AEW is wrestling, right? They're a sport. But he goes in and like the mist, the face paint, the 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 entrance, the theme music, the vignettes. It was very much like a Bray Wyatt sports entertainment feel. Um, that dude, that entrance was it was beautiful. But you know, you get all these good things, and then you get a lot of bad as well. Listen, no company is ever going to be perfect. It's like every every damn sports league in the world. But I don't, I don't imagine that. Don't you don't think that. so? Stephanie McMahon said something really cool one day. She's like, yeah, just like MMA or basketball or whatever. Like, we can script our own buzzer beater. We can script our own 30-second knockout. Like, we can, ex- we can script our own, like, moments. Um, that's why with wrestling, I do kind of get a little bit more annoyed. Not just, uh, not just AW or WWE, but, like, Impact, GCW, like, all these small companies. It's like, dude, you can go on Twitter... You can go listen to your crowd. You can pretty much understand what people want. So, kind of got to tease them a little bit too. You can't give them everything that they want. Yeah. But of you kind of, you kind of got to tease them. And it's like you're like Dark Order, right? It's like people want to take Dark Order seriously, but AEW doesn't take them seriously. So yeah. now it's hard for them to get bought back in when they're in these big matches. You know. That's where WWE is like. Stephanie McMahon said that, and I was like, yeah, she gets it. It's like you watch UFC, and it's like, dude. We were watching what? Magomedov. Do you send me that clip of his knockout? The 19 oh, second knockout. Perfect example. 19 second knockout, right? I asked you, I said, who is he? You say who he is. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll never bet against him. And the reason is because we know within MMA, there's like a certain lineage uh, of people. Like these people come from a certain lineage and they come in and they're just dominant, right? Now, with MMA, what ends up happening? Tell me. When's the last time we went to a restaurant, bar? Uh, when's the last time we went to, to Nuke's house for. For uh, pay per view altogether for UFC, I feel like it was the. It's been a minute. Last winter, we went. I think to one. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Paulo Costa, or something. We were at Art and Jake's. I think is what it was. I can't even. It doesn't ring a bell. I remember we went to one. It was maybe last year summer or last year summer or last year winter or last year summer. But we went to a card, right? And I remember there was a huge thunderstorm. We're chilling. We're watching the thing, right? And the reason why I kind of stopped going to UFC pay-per-views and like going to parties and stuff for it is because sometimes you're going to get really good fights. Sometimes you're going to get really bad fights. Doesn't yeah. matter what's on the paper, right? With pro wrestling, for the most part, you know you're going to have everybody's talented with wrestling. Yeah. So you know, like Carmelo and Ricochet, you expect great wrestling. You watch. You watch. Uh, you watch Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho, you expect great wrestling. You watch uh, Ishii and, and Kingston, you expect it. Um, with MMA, it's a little bit different because somebody can have a really, really bad off night and like it just ends up being bad. And my Us- point... Usman and Leon Edwards. Nobody expected that. Usman was winning that entire... He lost that first round, won the next three and a half. I mean, because he he was winning that fifth round. or four, uh, Yeah, he won the next... Four rounds essentially with a minute left. That was uh, that was his, and he got he got fucking he got sent straight to the darkest pit of hell. <laughs> but but do you see my point though with like wrestling and MMA? Like wrestling, you shouldn't have bad cards like in comparison to the other sport. Yeah, because like, everything is a dream match on paper. Yeah, and then they just drop the ball. Yeah, like last night. So strange, man. 
That's why I mean, not, not even last night, man, because there's been so much poor. Let's look at WrestleMania uh, 27 and 2011. How horrible that. How horrible that the year before and the year after that was. Yeah. I think I tuned out. I don't even think I. I tuned out for a couple yeah. years. Yeah. I was. I'm like, this sucks. Impact for me. It, when Bobby Lashley was had his uh, run of dominance, I hated that. I stopped I watching. Um, I love. I stopped Bobby watching Lashley's that. Impact. Really? Yeah, but I'm a, I'm an Impact fanboy, dude. I I was back in the early early stages. I was watching AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy when he had first debuted in '04. Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, uh, those six sides of steel matches. The the abyss with Janice. That barbed wire baseball bat, or whatever that was, or with the spikes. Yeah. RVD. That was that was a fun time up until like the Bischoff and Hogan era, Dixie Carter era. To me, sucked. I mean, there, Dixie there was been a, but why? Why it was all bad booking. Like I'm not. I don't want to watch this shit. And to the fact that it's not even like a week or two where I stopped watching. It was for like a couple of years. And then you know actually. I know everybody on the planet Earth is going to agree with me when I say this. You ready? You want to know what the best time ever was? What? GFW. Global Force <laughs> Wrestling? I'm fucking with you. God, dude. <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> what do you mean, man? That was great. Yeah, that's... No, it was I, a, I can't it was wait. Trash. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to a chick and she's going to be like, you watch wrestling? Yeah, let's go turn on GFW. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got GFW in the house. Yeah, no, if I ever if I ever have a girl watching wrestling with me, it's I'm gonna turn on like ninety seven, ninety eight ECW. No, why not? No, nah, I want to show her Eugene Dinsmore back when uh, Eugene went face to face with the Rock and Stone Cold. Babe, or, this is, uh, babe, this is this is real wrestling. This is yeah, this is what I love to watch. This is what I cover for a living. Uh, I don't even know. What's like a good match to finally introduce somebody to wrestling? So you got a significant other and you want to introduce them to a good match. Okay, right? we'll do significant other. Okay. What, do you, what match do you, do you show them? That's a good question, dude. Um... To them to be like, oh, wrestling's stupid. I don't know why you watch it. All right, watch this one match. And she's like, Kenny, God. Kenny, and and Brian, and I, and 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 the way I would explain it to my girl, I'll, I'll explain to you why. Because there was no build for that match, right? We know this is just a big dream matchup that like a lot of people were anticipating. When you before they lock up to start, before the bell rings, you just see the crowd. You see how many people were interested in it. it I feel like I can explain to, like I would be able to explain to my girl, like, look. This was a match with no build, no real storytelling to it. They have this massive match. The crowd is eating this up. These are two of the best, considered of the best. Um, I would show her this. And that, and that way I wouldn't look stupid. You God, know what I mean? I wouldn't look sound, stupid. I would feel comfortable you showing sound that. dumb. No, man. No, I would show her that. If I, my significant other wants to watch wrestling with me one day, the first match I am going to show her. Simon Dean versus the Great Kali. 
You're trolling, bro. Why are you this being like wrestling. this, dude? <laughs> Why are you no, trolling, dude? I would, dude, I would show... Okay. I still have to think about the significant other thing. Maybe Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania 18. That would be cool. But again, right before... But if the, I'm showing a friend... Rings, before the bell rings, though, you know, like, there's just a certain aura or energy yeah. about it. I hate Hulk Hogan, dude. I honestly hate Hulk Hogan so yeah. much. I think he's a piece of shit. I never liked him as a wrestler. I... I don't. I didn't like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. I didn't care for them. That's just how I was as a kid. Hulk Hogan and The Rock, though, is just like there's an energy surrounding that where it's like, okay, big fight, feel, massive moment. If I'm showing a friend, though, yeah. Uh, if I'm showing like one of my my guy friends, I would probably have to say Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate in Chicago. Oh. Yeah, that one was phenomenal. Yeah. Again, or, that's that's a good match, but there's just so much that's happened in wrestling. It, like people forget about it. Sadly, shit. I just forgot about. I honestly, you know what match I would put over that? What Gunther and Sheamus? No, Okada and and uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, all three matches that they had, besides the one that during the G one, I didn't like that one too much. Too much. Yeah, one like Cody was trying to throw in the towel. That first one where they went sixty minutes. Those those were sick. People sleep on NJPW, man. They do, but also I feel like AEW has become the U.S. version of NJPW in a certain aspect, in a certain sense. So well, I they took like, well, okay, they took everybody. They did, yeah. Now we have Okada making appearances on AEW. Jay White making appearances on AEW. It should feel like a way bigger deal, but it doesn't. That's yeah. how the wrestling at this. Has point Okada is, been on TV since he debuted? Not that, not that I can remember. Was that even like a signing, or was that kind of just like a here come forbidden come through door. or forbidden door? Yeah, yeah that's all it was. <laughs> I love wrestling, dude. Oh, it's the great, it's the greatest. It's funny because we we've been pretty negative this episode, but um, we love it. It's real shit, man. Yeah, nothing's ever gonna be perfect. It's. I told you I was like Conor McGregor is like rumored to come to to WWE, right? Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because I I can't stand the guy. Yeah, and half half of my half of my MMA videos I make are are about the goddamn guy because there's a new story trending with him every single day. Yeah, and I can't take it anymore. But that's the thing. Just like, so old, man. With, with wrestling, though, it's like we need less of that and just keep putting up like good moments, you know? Because that's like one thing I kind of get disappointed with WWE. It's like, oh, there's a rumor that Connor's going to come in. Well, first of all, Connor's got a lot of personal issues he needs to kind of work out on its own. But like. You watch wrestling, and even when it's bad, dude, you still find ways to love it, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's a celebrity. It's a, it's a celebrity. Everybody knows the guy, so they're going to tune in. What about Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn? Oh, actually, hey. That, that, was, that was awesome. That, that's one of my favorite matches. Like this. That was sick. Yeah. And Johnny Knoxville, he, he went over. That was, the last, that was the last great thing Vince McMahon ever produced. I can't think of no. anything else. No, him and Austin. <laughs> Him and Austin, uh, what's it called? When he got stunned, and he took that, uh, he took that horrible bump. That was the worst stunner ever. But I don't remember Vince McMahon ever selling the stunner good, anyways. No, it was always bad. But this one, he just—it looked like he died. Yeah, but w- WWE's camera crew, they the producers, they left it, right? They did, but they like they changed the angle, so it and they cut it like it. Oh, they ended up cutting it. No, like they did, but they they just edited it. Like it, they kind of manipulated the footage, so it you can tell it was bad. But they 
they made it better than how bad it actually was. Dude, the guy was stumbling back for like a hundred feet. <laughs> he left us with that. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon left us with one last stunner. He knew it was coming, dude. He was just like ready to go. Hey, Vince during that time was pretty sick, man, because he had that angle with Rollins and his next opponent. That was sick. Yeah, but sometimes I would watch Raw and I'm like, dude, this guy is like old. Like, it's kind of sad. Like, yeah. sometimes I feel like he was kind of like, like what? Like you're Sleepy Vince? Like what? Sleepy Vince. <laughs> sleepy Vince, dude. <laughs> like he would be talking to Theory or talking to Seth. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, sad, dude. Yeah. So sad. He had that nice little cameo during the Money in the Bank during COVID where they were wrestling at the headquarters. Yeah. Hey, that was sick. AJ Styles and somebody else, I think they were brawling in his office. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like (laughs) comedy and wrestling. And I know people are going to hate me for this because they they don't think it's wrestling related, but comedy and wrestling and uh, celebrities and wrestling are such a blessing. You need to have it, man. And that's why I changed my tone with Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy and like, scissor me daddy like that shit wasn't yeah. for me at first because i was just like eh, i don't see the appeal i like wrestling and storylines but then you're like you kind of realize like you need to have a little bit of that fun with it yeah. but you also need to have the storylines that are serious too so it's like when carrying cross comes back and he takes out drew mcintyre and, and confronts roman it's like yeah that's cool it's serious when carrying cross debuted on the main roster he was wearing the fucking gladiator suit yeah like, what like, this isn't silly. This isn't funny. This isn't even meme. This is like, this is stupid, this is stupid right? So there, there's a thing. There's a, you kind of need to have a little bit of everything, and it's okay to have a little bit of everything. But if it's always going to be comedy, that's like a problem. If your celebrities are going to come in and they're not going to be good celebrities in the ring, yeah, we don't want it. Like, I don't have faith for Connor in WWE, not because he isn't entertaining, but I just don't think Connor McGregor is a guy who absolutely cares to, like, put on a good wrestling match bad bunny and logan paul came in and like dude we're lifelong fans we respect this like we want to be part of this they made moments um snoop dogg logan went to Paul's AEW. frog splashes uh bad bunny's doing canadian destroyers snoop dogg flew off the rope yeah AEW. masvidal's throwing flying knees right like celebrities oh my god so many people hated masvidal and AEW, and i was like i was just no Chris Jericho was the perfect guy to be there involved. Like, yeah. I, I loved it, and I, I want more of it. I don't really want Connor in WWE, but I just want wrestling. That's going to be a shit show. I hope not. Triple H is a fan of him. I'd rather have I Floyd. I know, but the guy is so... What? I'd rather have Floyd come back to WWE. Why? Why not? What the hell is he going to do? Just he doesn't. Triple H gets it, though. Triple H ain't going to sit there and have him fucking do horacronas and shit. Just like Tyson Fury ringside knocks out somebody, I'd rather have Floyd in L.A. knock out somebody ringside. We already, we already got that, though. So do it differently. No, man. I'm not talking about like a full segment. I'm talking about like Theory trying to cash in and Floyd Mayweather also beats his ass. <laughs> that, dude, that should, be the, that should be the new thing, right? Austin Theory, every time for the next year that he tries to cash in, it's like... A famous boxer just sitting ringside and just clocks him. Like theory, like uh, Heath Slater and all the legends that came out every week and beat yeah. his ass. Yeah, it would be funny. You get some celebrity involvement, feel good moment. Theory gets his ass kicked. Everybody loves it. <laughs> like, oh, I'd love that. Tyson Fury knocked him the hell out. You see that, right? Yeah. Fuck. I don't. I'm not a fan of theory. So whatever happens to him, I need an angle. 
with Austin Theory where he gets hit by the golf cart, like how um Sammy Guevara always. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that shit's becoming redundant, but I hope AEW does it like every week. It should be like a thing where like dude is just sitting in the golf cart just driving around. Like the the show opens. Oh, here's Sammy Guevara riding. <laughs> Oh god! So it doesn't even have to be Sammy Guevara. Just somebody. Fucking John Moxley is driving the golf cart around throughout the entire episode, and then by the end of the episode, the show ends and somebody gets hit, and that's the new feud. I don't know. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's great booking by you. Nice yeah, dude. Nice dude. I mean, just shits and giggles. You don't want to hear me book a real wrestling show because it would probably put out everybody else. I'd probably put WWE and AEW out of business. Well, give me, give me one, one fantasy match. One fantasy match? Yeah. I would book Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, I see it. I see that happening very soon. Not soon, but the next couple of years I see it happening. Because I know, I know for a fact Kenny's going to jump ship. You think so? Oh, yeah. Easily. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to me. Easily. I, I've always been... I always wanted Kenny versus Roman, though. I feel like that's uh, you have the greatest wrestler and the greatest sports entertainer come together. Both guys actually know how to wrestle, and both guys know how to entertain. They understand the character arc. Um, that's a WrestleMania marquee match. Triple H would probably book it. Vince McMahon would put it on the kickoff show. So, thank God for Triple H taking over. I think a match where they would beat the absolute dog shit out of each other would be Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins. That'd be sick. They're just going to beat the hell out of each other. Trillions of false finishes. Uh, it's going to be a three-hour match. And that's gonna be one one pay per view on its own. Just one one episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah. three hours. Just Kenny versus uh, Rollins. The entrance itself takes an hour. I love Pyro. Do you? Yeah, as long as it's Pyro, I'm good. Did you see uh, Pentagon's Pyro for All Out? Yeah, it's too bad they book him like shit. I know. It's actually sad because I thought AEW when he signed to AEW, I was like, yeah, this guy's gonna be top star level. Because Impact is the only company in this world that has ever booked him like a true champion, like a true star. And then, sure enough, he goes to who's, AEW. Who's your number one wrestler ever? Ever? Of all time? Okay, modern era. Like, modern. right now, right now. Right, right now? now um, Cody Rhodes. It, it, I loved him yeah. in AEW. So, I loved when he got released from WWE. When he left WWE, went to the indies, went to ROH, went to all these things. Um, I started to fall in love with him because it just yeah. he gave me he gave me that John Cena effect. He he reminded me of John Cena the way he carried himself, and then uh, he went to AEW. Absolutely killed it. I loved everything. Had some bad segments. They had some mistakes in the beginning, but like you live and learn, right? Then he came back to WWE, and it's like this guy's a fucking animal. So Cody Rhodes right now, Cody versus Roman is what I want personally. Probably won't get that, but I think Cody's I, up there, and I think Kenny's up there for AEW. I think you can't top that. I think with uh, right now, it was at one point it was Pentagon. Yeah. Then just bad booking. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it no more. But I think right now it's got to be Rollins. He's sick. Everything is so damn entertaining. Win or lose, man. Well, him and uh, Riddle kind kind of got me back on track with Rollins because just a great build up. That that interview. You know how like how we're doing right now where they're in the side to side? Yeah. That was sick. Yeah. I think we got a little bit a bit of an issue going on. No, we're good. Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. So, Eventually what ends up happening is the lights turn back on and then it's Malachi Black or it's Bray yeah. Wyatt or Kane or The Undertaker. 
Yeah, so uh, that, you know how like they do in the UFC where they do the side to side and they were just, Rollins is going and his family and his kids. He's like, where are you? I'm going to beat the F out of you, this and that. I think that was really cool. Yeah, no, I'm with you. 100%. Um, you know, I think that's a good time to, to end it, right? The camera overheats. Yeah. Like, perfect. I, I, unfortunately, I'm not Bray Wyatt. Dude. Oh, we fucked up. That should have been my gimmick. When my camera overheats, I should have gave it a second, came back with a Bray Wyatt fiend mask and be like, let me in. Let me in. That's the stream, dude. And then with the lantern and just blow it out. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Next time, dude. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but Next yeah, time, we got to have a, a, gimmick, a gimmick show. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I just kind of want to talk about like certain things with you because I feel like nobody really knows your thoughts on wrestling. And pretty much what everybody learned today is that you're a hater. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a shitty Mark who hates everything. Yeah. And, so, and only likes uh, anything that Jim Cornette says and Vince Russo booking. Uh, That's my kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, God, so, no. Hell yeah. no. So now that everybody kind of knows who you are, it's going to be really cool because in the future, I got so much shit for you. You have no <laughs> idea. I just kind of want to ease you in. First time on camera. First time talking to a person. <laughs> <laughs> Finally become, rock, dude. My, my boy my boy is finally becoming social your, your room looks good though so that's thank good. you thank you oh dude this, my bed's not even fixed i just cleaned up this part right here because i know it's gonna be on the camera <laughs> nice nice well that's good my boy's doing good uh we'll we'll call it an episode we'll be back next week uh we're gonna have a lot of structure for the future episodes so i'm gonna keep you on your toes um, if you guys haven't subscribed to the channel, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We're also available on Spotify and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you guys could leave a review, that would be great. King Cola, Ango, that is the first episode of The Slam. That's and I will only be referred to as King Cola. Yeah, we're just going to cut it.